I have, man, I've been looking forward to this new series, so I just want you to stretch just a minute, all right? We good? All right, now I have a seat. Good. Hey, I am just glad that you are here. I am glad that you are here because I had a dream this week that after Derek dismissed everybody to kids praise and we worship, I came up on stage and turned around and you all had left. I don't know if it's because it's, you know, summer and uh, now that Memorial Weekend has come and gone and people are traveling and, you know, we're a transient congregation here. A lot of people are in and out. I don't know if that's been on my mind, but for whatever reason, boy, I stood up and turned and looked and, and the door was already shut in the back. I mean, it was just empty. And so I just want to say thank you for staying. That's what I want to say. Thank you for staying after Derek said, hey, go on and uh, take the kids to Kids Praise and, and we worship. I uh, really do appreciate, appreciate that. Uh, we are a transient congregation. A lot of people like to travel uh, during the summer. We also have individuals who um, travel around the world uh, during this summertime, spending their vacation weeks going on missions of mercy, missions of help. Missions of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. We want you to keep in prayer. Uh, we have individuals who are in Mexico right now. Also individuals of our congregation uh, who are in Peru. And so we want to say uh, hello to those guys who are watching uh, online today. And we appreciate the ministry that you guys are involved in. What it is that you are doing. And we wish everyone uh, a great uh, week, week and a half, two weeks. Depending on how long some are going to be staying. And then look forward of course to whenever... Uh, you're able to return home. But keep those uh, two different groups, Mexico and Peru, uh, there in, in your prayers. That would be, um, that'd be great. Hey, we're starting something new this week. So if you are new to East Brainerd, we want you to know that you're getting in right here on the ground floor with something that we're going to be doing this summer. And we want you to be a part of it. Uh, I've been praying that God will use the messages that we're going to be sharing this summer in order to be able to, to strengthen, to encourage, to truly lift us up as individuals of, of faith and faithfulness. And I'm excited about this study because it's going to give me the opportunity to partner together with our elders as they are going to be facilitating discussions each week in our Bible classes that are going to be based on the messages that we share here together each and every Sunday morning. Now, in order to do that, our classes are going to be arranged and structured a little bit differently during this time. Uh, so here's what I want everybody to do. Quick housekeeping. I need you to look on the back of your glory, praise, and honor that you were given when you came in. And let me walk you through a couple of things uh, that are listed on the back. You're going to notice that some of the location of your favorite Bible class, potentially that has changed. Because each month during the summer, our Sunday morning classes are going to play fruit basket turnover. And we are going to end up combining your class with another class. For example, those who are part of um, our yak class on a regular basis. How many yaks do we still have with us this summer? If you're a yak, say, whoa, where are you? We got yaks. We got them spread out in different places. Good. You guys are going to be going into our overflow room and joining our primetime and ladies Bible class. Where are our primetime and ladies Bible class people? If you're a part of that, say, here I am, right here. Hands up. See, we got some of those. So you guys are going to be combined together. And there during the week of, or during the month of June, each week, 
Steve Kahn and Dan Gary are going to be the most awesome Bible class teachers you guys have ever had. Now, I told the other elders I wasn't going to play favorites, but this is the all-star team. At least that is what Steve Kahn told me to say. <laughs> and uh, they are going to be facilitating in a, a sharing and learning experience that will be coming from the different lessons that then I share earlier on um, each Sunday morning. And those of you who have been attending the Partners in Christ class and the Sunseeker classes, you guys are going to have the most fun today of anybody. Because you're going to look on this list and you're going to see that part of your class is meeting in one location and, and part of your class group is going to be meeting in another. And so here's what we need to do as we get you guys mixed together. If you normally participate in our Sunseekers class, please go to that Sunseekers room. If you normally participate in the Partners in Christ class, please go to the Partners in Christ room. And there you will have some able-bodied, if not rock star elders, who will give you directions as to what you are to do next. So just go to your normal rooms if you're a part of those classes. Those of you who are young parents, Sunlight or Village, if those are classes you've been a part of in the past, you guys are going to be hanging out in our Family Life Center. And t chairs are already set up. Everything is in there, ready, waiting. And it's going, to be a, um, it's going to be a great atmosphere for you to be able to have class here during the month of, of June. And just when you guys begin to figure out where you go for your classes, we're going to mix everything up again in July and August. Yeah. So, so just when you think you've got it and you've gotten your favorite seat and you figured out the best way to maneuver around campus, we're going to mess it all up again because that's what we like to do. Because we remember Jesus saying, even though it was not recorded in the Gospels, blessed are the flexible for they shall never be bent out of shape. <laughs> we like to practice that truth here at, at East Brainerd. Now look, we recognize that the first week or so, there are going to be some logistical issues. And so we're going to have members of our East Brainerd staff in the hallways helping to direct traffic and looking out for lost sheep. And if we see you and you have wandered from your herd, we're going to run around you in some circles and we're going to get you back to where it is that you need to be. And look, we recognize also that we're all creatures of habit and we get in routines and we like to do certain things in certain ways and and we enjoy the different Bible classes that many of us have been a part of for years. And we enjoy how they're structured and how they go on. Uh, but we're asking that everyone just be flexible this summer. Be flexible to a different approach to discipleship. And who knows, you might really love this summer model. Or you might really hate this summer model. I don't know. It depends on you. But no matter your feelings, remember... That our vision for East Brainerd is to be an intergenerational congregation. And in order to achieve that vision, that means that we have to be intentional in getting our five distinct generations together. So to do that, our summer classes are going to have a little bit of a different look and a little bit of a different feel. And, and it's going to be okay. Because we all understand here this morning that it's not about us or our feelings or our likes or our dislikes. We understand that, that, that this is about moving one another closer to Jesus Christ, closer to a life-restoring relationship with him. And we understand that because that we love God, that we are going to be quick to share his grace with, with those who are part of our church family. We understand these things. We understand that we want more individuals to 
to be a part of our church family and to feel better connected to our church family. And because we understand these things, we're not going to let the little inconveniences of our summer class shakeup become that big of a deal. It's going to be fun and it's going to be different and it's going to be something that I think we're going to be talking about for a long time to come. And I'm excited that you get to be a part and participate. And it goes without saying that your participation is a, a must because you can only encourage people that you are around. If you're not in the class, you can't encourage anybody. And guess what? Well, no one else can encourage you either. Now, if you're a guest with us this summer and you have never been really plugged in to any previous Bible class that, that we have had going on here on the East Brainerd campus on Sunday mornings, we want to invite you to go to our Family Life Center. That's the, uh, the gym that's here to my left. Uh, you're right. There are signs out in the hallway pointing you in that direction. Again, there are plenty of chairs that are set up there. And you can join those who are um, already part of our East Brainerd family who are going to be meeting there for the month of June. Or you can say, you know what? I just want to wander around and get lost. And I just want to wind up in some class and be there. Great. Wherever it is that you want to to plop down, you are welcome to, and we are glad to have you because there's plenty of space for you. Let me tell you one more thing. Uh, these classes, they, they are designed, they're designed for a purpose, and they're designed to foster interaction and discussion between those who attend. They are not meant to be the, let's go into a room and listen to a lecture class. Okay, that's not what we're trying to accomplish the goal of our summer is to grow in our connection with one another and, and to recognize the faith that we are surrounded by, the men and women of faith who make up our congregation, who are here to encourage and to lift us up, men and women who just like you struggle and succeed and, and fail each and every day at doing life with Jesus, men and women who just like you need a little encouragement because everyone at one time or another needs a good pep talk, right? I mean, everybody needs to, a good pep talk to really be lifted up and to be built up. And so I thought I'd share one with you today, not from me, but from this dude named Kid President. Watch this. I think the world needs a pep talk. I need you to look, people. Look with your eyes. This is where we live. It's a good place. Look around you. What do you see? Volcanoes, sunsets, Justin Timberlake's teeth. Those things are perfect. But I'm telling you, world, we got some work to do. Open your eyes. How cool is it that we're all alive on the same planet at the same time? I think it's time that we start making cool stuff happen. On the planet we live on, there's poverty, hunger, injustice. The world is full of awesome. It's also full of not awesome. On the planet we live on, there's also potential possibilities. Puppies. Yeah, I said puppies. Ah, I'm getting distracted. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad we're all here. We're all born to make a difference. It can be easy to get overwhelmed. Feel like you can't do anything. But that's why we have each other. Well, there's lots of bad stuff in the world, but there's also you. And there's me. Time to set some goals. I'm not talking squad goals. I'm talking global goals. All of y'all, the whole world, is my squad goals. What the world needs is love, and also an end to extreme poverty, eliminating inequality, fixing our planet. That's why we got you. That's why we have each other. That's why we got goals, global goals. Together, we're louder. Together, we're brighter. Together, we're gooder. 
that isn't a word. Global goal number four, education. Talking about school, I gotta tell you something. School cafeterias can be scary places. Where do I sit, where do I not sit, where's the cool table? Let me tell you something. The cool table is wherever you are. In the lunchroom of the world, there shouldn't be a cool table. Nope. The whole lunchroom should be one big cool table. A big table. A table where everybody's invited, where everybody has a seat, where everybody has enough. That's the kind of table that I want to be at. That's the kind of world I want to live in. That's the kind of world that we're building because of people like you. Yeah, you. I'm talking to you. Let's live in a world where awesome is celebrated every day, where people treat people like they're people. Those are my kind of people. So get out there. And if you find yourself feeling like it's too tough, remember, you're not alone. There's lots of people at the table, and it's a cool table. Open your eyes. You'll see. There's lots of people at the table. And it is a cool table. Man, that's a great pep talk, right? It's encouragement. That's what it is. That lift you up, give you the strength to keep going message that reminds you that you are not alone and victory can be yours. And hey, the, the cool table is big and it's for everybody. You know, encouragement is defined as the action of giving someone support, confidence, or hope. It's being able to say, man, I don't know why this is happening in your life. I don't understand it, but I know that you're going to get through it. I'm sorry with what you're going through. I know that you've been through so much. It's not fair. It's not your fault, but you're going to be able to rise above, and you're going to be able to conquer, and you're going to come out of the other end even stronger than where you are right now. It's encouragement, but encouragement is also defined as the persuasion to do or to continue something. It's saying, this is not the time to give up and go home. It's not the time to quit. Don't you dare back down. I know you're tired. I know you're discouraged, but, but don't give up. It's those moments when you're on the edge of quitting. You've been beaten down. You're feeling totally overwhelmed. Comfort might sustain you during those times. But what you really need is courage to get up one more day and to put one foot in front of the other and to keep on going. It, it's about getting back into the battle. It's the battle cry. That's what encouragement is. It's a call to move. It's a call to act. It's a call to advance. Encouragement, if you think about it, is just the process of feeding courage into our souls. It's not just about making somebody feel better. It's not just about patching up a wound. But it's rather putting a weapon in the hand and it's about giving them a fresh horse and it's about the will to advance. And the great thing about the Bible is that Scripture is filled with passages that speak courage to our lives. And I want to share with you guys one this morning, one that Derek has already read for us, and it's going to be the basis for all that we're going to be doing over these next few months. It comes from Hebrews chapter 12. Read this with me. Therefore, since, hang on, I was ready, I was excited, all right? You guys, not so much. Okay, so we're going to try this again. All right, so I'm going to be sharing a passage with you from Hebrews chapter 12, and it's going to be the foundation for everything we're going to do this summer. All right? Now, read this with me. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. And that is one of those pep talk passages. It's one of those encouragement verses. 
It's one of those verses that you read and it's like, all right, I can do this. I've got this. Now, we're not certain who wrote Hebrews. Hebrews. I wish it was Hebrews. That would be a good, wouldn't that be really cool? Say, hey, what are you going to be reading from? I'm reading Hebrews today. Everybody would want to do that. Hey, but I don't know who wrote Hebrews either, but I don't know who wrote Hebrews. But the audience is pretty clear. It's people who are weary. And it's people who are broken down. And it's people who are struggling. It's everyday, stuck in the middle of life kind of people. And the author speaks courage into their souls by saying, you know what? You are surrounded. You are surrounded by this great, I love it, the image, the great cloud of witnesses. He says, this is where you get motivation. This is your source of inspiration. This is your source of accountability. Now, as you read through your New Testament, you'll find two different words that will be used for cloud. Just a very simple everyday expression, something we think of. We walk outside, especially over the last few weeks, and we look up and we see the big puffy clouds in the sky. Well, one word in the Greek language actually refers to those big cotton balls that we see. But there's another word. It's the word that's used here in Hebrews chapter 12. And it has something wider. It has a more powerful meaning. It refers to an encompassing cloud, more like a thick fog. One of those you look up to see. The other, you look around and you feel yourself being surrounded by it. It envelops you. And the ancient Greeks would use this second kind of cloud to describe a crowd or a massive gathering of people. And so the Hebrews writer reaches into his rich language and he says, here's what we're going to do. I want to paint a picture for you to let you know that you are not alone. And he picks this word that talks about being enveloped, being surrounded, being overtaken. And he says, you've got a great cloud. Have you ever looked up on a spring or summer's day and you've been able to see images up in the clouds? Some of you are really good at at this. It's a psychological phenomenon where your mind is able to make images where there actually are none. Now, some of you have seen Jesus before in grilled cheese sandwiches. Others of you look up and you see things up in the sky, right? You, You see different clouds and they make all these different formations and you try to get other people. And don't you hate it when you're riding around with somebody and they're like, hey, look up in the sky. You're like, what? Is it a bird or a plane? And they're like, no, it's, you know, and they're like, it's a dragon. And and they come up with something and you're looking at that cloud. You're like, I just don't see it. I don't understand. But in their eyes, in their mind, they see it as clear as day. The Hebrews writer says, look, next time you're out on a clear day, I want you to get somebody's attention. I want you to tell them to stop what they're doing. And I want you to tell them to look up. And I want you to see there in the clouds. I want you to see a great cloud of witnesses. When you read about the faith heroes in Hebrews chapter 11, you think of them as faces and clouds watching over you as you deal with the issues of life. You see, before the writer would would pen those words in chapter 12, he would spend an entire chapter talking about men and women who because of their faith refused to throw in the towel, refused to stop, continued in their walk with God. And and one of the words that he uses there, he uses the word witness. And a witness is someone that sees something. Sees something. Observes something happening. 
And because of this meaning, some people, some people when they read Hebrews chapter 12, they think of that cloud of witnesses as watching out from the gates of heaven, seeing everything that's happening in their lives. The Living Bible paraphrase puts the verse this way. Since we have such a huge crowd of faith watching us from the grandstands. And maybe that's how you've read this passage before. As those witnesses who see. Figurative or literal, when defined, it, when defined as those who see, we're invited to enjoy a, a powerful image, an inspiring idea, the applause of history's faith-filled heroes at the very time when we're our loneliest, when we're the most overwhelmed. Shouts of encouragement come from Jacob and come from Joseph, and they come from Moses and they come from David. And we need to reach for that picture in our mind. The next time we're like, you know what, this faith thing, I'm tired of it. I just don't understand the next time we're burdened down with our doubts, we allow these mental pictures to come to mind of crowd, this crowd of achievers who have gone before us, who have felt exactly what we feel, and yet somehow stayed in the game and won the trophy and remind us that we're not alone. A witness is someone who sees something. It's also someone who, who says something. It's what we mean when we say that someone is bearing witness. And when you read through this particular set of passages, you begin to see that, that the author is actually speaking about this type of witness more than the one that sees something. It's the one that actually says something. A great example of this is in Hebrews 11 in verse 4. The writer is talking about Abel, the son of Adam and Eve, and say, well, what got Abel there in the hall of fame of faith? But it speaks of the offering that he gave to God. And verse 4 says that Abel still speaks even though he is dead. So it's all about his bearing witness for us. It's all about him speaking to us even from beyond the grave. Abel and all the other heroes continue to tell their stories across time and across eternity. As scripture's voices just continue to speak over and over and over. You see, whenever we are tired and weary and ready to check out, they just keep speaking to us. And every word they say is about pushing on and about getting closer to victory. It's never, you know what, you guys have done a great job. Why don't you just step back and relax now? It's never, nobody's going to blame you for packing it in. That's not the message that you get as you read about these heroes. These are individuals that kept going. These are individuals that didn't just pump their fist in the air and, and cheer. They have real words of power that speak into our struggles. And so you read about Enoch and you hear that he encourages us to always walk close to God. Noah cries out, keep following God even when people laugh at you and mock you. Abraham and Sarah remind us to keep believing in God even when it makes no sense whatsoever. Isaac and Jacob remind us that even people of faith can make some poor parenting decisions and yet live to see the other end. Joseph shouts, hold on to your faith and never give up, no matter the darkest hole or the farthest journey. Moses points out that God can use anybody from anywhere at any time to accomplish anything he purposes. Rahab says, God welcomes everyone. No matter the sin, no matter the nationality, no matter the language. The Israelite people rush to encourage us to step into the water and to watch what God will do. Voice after voice rings out. And their message is consistent. And they're saying, guess what? You're not alone. 
You're not alone. If you're in school right now, you're not alone. If you're raising kids, you're not alone. If you're going through those empty nest years, you're not alone. If you're retired, you're not alone. You're going through periods of sickness, you're not alone. You're dealing with depression, you are not alone. You're struggling with finances or you're enjoying a windfall, you're not alone. You have questions about your faith, you're not alone. You feel as if right now you could move mountains. You are not alone. Voice after voice rings out. And maybe that's the best encouragement that you could hope to receive today. Because you too are surrounded by the same great cloud of witnesses. And you are also surrounded by men and women of faith. You know, many times before we, um, we really get into the heart of our our worship time here each Sunday, Derek will say, hey, let's take a break and let's just spend some time saying hello to one another. Do you know one of the reasons we do that? We do that so that you can rub hands with some awesome men and women of faith. Well, we do that so that you are able to meet some faith-filled men and women that you have never known before. But we do that so that you can go to certain individuals, and I've seen it before, that some of you seek out the same person each and every week because you want to make sure that you go and get that handshake. You want to get that hug. You want to get that word of encouragement. You want to share that hello because of how much you care for that individual and because of what they mean for your life. You see, the Hebrews writer says we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses And they reference all of these different men and women of faith. But you need to understand something. The men and women of faith, those names did not end with the end of chapter 11. Because you right here in this room right now are still surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Men and women of faith, flesh and blood, who have gone through the fires, taken the abuse, buried loved ones, been hired and been fired. You are surrounded by men and women who have beat cancer and those who know what it's like to take a beating from cancer. You are surrounded by men and women whose faith has been strengthened by God's unwavering presence. And you are surrounded by those who are filled with doubts due to God's unnerving silence. You are surrounded by men and women who have been there and gotten the t-shirt when it comes to starting a family or enduring a miscarriage, celebrating a wedding, and crying over divorce. You are surrounded by men and women who have raised their kids and their grandkids. You are surrounded by men and women who have faced injustice, bigotry, and insult. You are surrounded by men and women who have experienced all the life conditions and issues that you are currently facing. And because you are surrounded by men and women of faith, you are not alone. And maybe that's what you need to hear more than anything else this morning. That you need to be reminded that in this walk with God, through all the highs and lows, that you are not doing this by yourself. So throw off everything that hinders And the sin that so easily entangles. And run with perseverance the race that is marked out before you. Fixing your eyes on Jesus Christ. Father, thank you so much for the witnesses of faith. 
for those throughout time that surround us now. And thank you for the fact that their voices are still speaking, calling out to us through the centuries, encouraging us, comforting us, holding us accountable. Father, may our ears be opened so that we might be able to hear them more clearly. May we be able to hear the messages of those who have walked with you in the past. Those you have struggled. Those who have faced times when they wanted to turn and run the other direction. May we be able to hear the messages of those who though they wanted to give up, they remained faithful to you because they knew that you were faithful to them. Father, may we hear the the voices. May we hear the messages not only of those who are, who are listed in your holy scripture, but also the voices and the messages of our loved ones who have gone before us. Those who shared with us scripture for the first time. Those who prayed over us first. Those that taught us how to pray. Those that taught us how to sing. May we hear the voices and messages of those that continually encouraged, continually directed our steps. Those that perhaps one time sat in these very pews and sat beside us. Those that have been in our homes in the past. Those that we have shared meals with. Father, may those voices and messages be brought clear to us. May we be encouraged by them. May we be lifted up. May they remind us that even though those that we love and those that we've cared for are gone, that we are not alone. And Father, may we be able to hear the voices and the messages of those who are in this very room, those that we do life with often on a regular basis, those that we go to school with, those that we work alongside, we, we live in the same neighborhoods. Father, we're in the same Bible classes. We're, we're a part of the same study groups. We, we're on the same ball teams. We do so many different things together. May our ears be open so that we might hear the encouragement from one another. We might realize that no matter what's going on right here and right now in our life, that we are surrounded by individuals who have gone through the very same things, who have dealt with the same issues, who have had the same highs and who have had the same lows. And as we hear their voice, as we hear those messages, will you remind us, Father, that we are not alone? And Father, as we close this prayer, would you pour courage into our soul through your spirit? Reminding us that you are with us. And that even on those moments when we cannot hear any other voice. That yours is still speaking. That we have ears to hear. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. So here's what I want. I want for all of you to be pepped up this summer. All right? I want you to be encouraged this summer. I, I want 9 o'clock, June, July, and August, if you are in town, I want this to be must-see TV, all right? 
I want this to be the place that you want to be above all else. And I want you to be bringing others with you to be a part of what's going to happen. Yes, you're going to get lost on our campus. Yes, you're going to be in different classrooms after our worship time. Yes, you're going to be meeting people that you've never met before. Yes, you're going to have all of this sometimes uncomfortable feeling about, well, I don't know if I know this person because are they new or am I new? Guess what? It doesn't matter. You're not alone. You are surrounded by men and women of faith. You are surrounded by men and women who long to to move others to a a life-restoring relationship with Jesus Christ. You are surrounded by men and women who love God and want to share His grace. You are surrounded by men and women who adore God, who belong to this family, and who want to join you in caring for this community. So all summer, we're going to come together. And we're going to spend time looking in Hebrews 11, looking in Hebrews 12. And more than that, we're going to spend time being able to look into one another's lives. Because we are a family, and this is all about togetherness. And this is all about what God has done in our life. So thank you for being here today. And thank you for not leaving when the kids all left. And I look forward to the next chance that we're able to be together, surrounding one another. Maybe you need more than anything this morning to fill that cloud around you. I can promise you this. If you were to come this morning and have a seat on any of these front pews and just to say, you know what, I really need prayers for things that are going on in my life. I can promise you this. There will be other men and women who will be down here with you who will surround you. You will feel their touch. You will feel their breath on the nap of your neck. And you will know that you were cared for and you are loved. If you'd like to be baptized into Christ this morning because of your belief that Jesus is the Son of God, I can promise you this. You will be surrounded by those who rejoice and who celebrate the decision that you have made to submit yourself to Jesus Christ. And you will know that you are not alone. If we can do anything for you as a family, I encourage you to come as together we surround one another.